how can we be more effective in reducing the number of abortions in our area, in our community, in our home, in our church, in our city, in our state, in our country? Which state will be the first abortion-free state and why? Brad Mattis joins us now. He's president of Life Issues Institute and president of International Right to Life Federation. On the web, they can be found at lifeissues.org. Brad Mattis also is the host of Life Issues Heard Every Day during the What's Up radio program. Which state will be the first abortion-free state and why? Brad Mattis, welcome once again to the What's Up radio program, Texas. Thank you, Terry. It's good to be with you again. So which state might be the first abortion-free state and why? Well, uh, not many people realize this, but there are seven states in the nation that are down to one abortion mill. And those are North and South Dakota, Missouri, Kentucky, Mississippi, Wyoming, and West Virginia. And now the $64,000 question to many people is, which state will be the first to go abortion-free? And uh, those of us who are watching the issue closely generally feel that uh, Kentucky may be the first state to break through that glass ceiling and to uh, protect all of their citizens by refusing to have legal abortion within its, its uh, boundaries. Now, there's some good reasons for this, Terry, and one of the big ones is their pro-life governor, Matt Bevan, and their good uh, lieutenant governor also. Um, you know, but, but Matt lives his passion for pro-life. They have nine kids, four of which are adopted. So he has a, a passion and a fire in his belly to protect unborn children, to protect the most vulnerable citizens in uh, the Commonwealth of Kentucky. And uh, they are going after pro-life legislation there. They, last year they passed a 20-week abortion ban and an ultrasound requirement, which the governor called no-brainer uh, legislation as he signed them both. So we are looking closely at Kentucky, uh, hoping and praying that uh, they can be the first state and that once that happens, we think other states will follow. Now, have the abortion clinics and Planned Parenthood affiliates filed suit in federal court saying uh, outlawing abortions after the 20th, 20th week and or requiring an ultrasound prior to an abortion? Are these uh, statutes being challenged in federal court? And if so, has any appellate court ruled on those two issues? Well, uh Terry, uh, Planned Parenthood has challenged, I think, literally every pro-life law that has been enacted uh, because they believe that abortion should be abortion on demand without apology for any reason throughout the nine months of pregnancy, even for sex selection abortions. Um, so yes, they have been challenged with varying degrees of success. Um, for instance, um, in Kentucky, uh, there is a, a law requiring a transfer agreement, written transfer agreement, which the lone abortion mill in Kentucky does not have. And uh, the governor sent uh, a directive to them to stop functioning. Well, they got a U.S. judge by the name of Greg Stivers, who is an Obama appointee, to do their political bidding. They often shop for, 
for judges for uh, favorable rulings and temporarily blocked this uh, requirement, this now, law. So, was, so, that yes. re- was that a requirement that the abortion clinic must have a standing agreement with an ambulance service to transport uh, a, a woman should there be a complication? Yes, yes, and that has to be in writing, and the hospital has to be within 20 minutes of the abortion mill. It, are there sound uh, medical reasons to have an agreement where a hospital would take a patient and it's within 20-minute drive? Well, absolutely, and others require 30 minutes or, or 30 miles, but something close within. Uh, I've been to a couple freestanding surgical centers myself and had surgery, and, and I went in knowing that my surgeon had uh, admitting privileges to a nearby hospital should something go wrong, and sometimes it happens. And when you have that agreement, that working relationship, there's much better communication between the emergency room physicians and the attending physician, uh, critical information that can save lives. We have seen cases where that has not been in place with abortion, and women have died from infections or bled to death. Brad Mattis is our guest, president of not only Life Issues Institute, but also the International Right to Life Federation. Find him at lifeissues.org. Brad, back to a couple of issues there in Kentucky. A 20-week ban, uh, does that really translate into once it can be determined through an ultrasound that the the unborn baby is at least 20 weeks old, uh, abortions are not allowed on that uh, baby, preborn baby? Uh, is that the, the, the cutoff time, and why 20 weeks? Well, those 20-week bans are tied in mostly to the pain factor, the pain issue, the fact that an unborn child can feel the excruciating pain of the brutality of abortion and killing the child that way. Um, it is beyond debate in the medical community with anybody who legitimately wants to look at the facts that a baby can feel pain at five months. Um, This ban, by the way, enjoys the support of a majority of Americans, including women. They see it as a common sense requirement. Americans are very uncomfortable with late-term abortion, and this falls in line with that and should be passed in every state. What are the most effective laws used to reduce the number of abortions? Is it that 20-week ban? Is it the ultrasound? Is it uh, requiring the abortion clinics to fall under the same medical standards as any other outpatient surgical center? What's the most effective law, in your opinion? Well, it's it's all of the above, Terry, and they're they're effective to varying degrees, particularly if they're being carried out according to the rule of law. But uh, yes, we have seen parental involvement laws, uh, waiting periods for women to consider uh, the finality of their decision, informed consent laws so that women are aware of the the fetal development of their babies and uh, the physical and psychological ramifications of abortion that they may experience. One of the biggest ones, though, I think, Terry, would be the sonogram laws in which the ultrasound is a window to the womb. And when uh, young parents, the father and mother, see that child on the sonogram, see the beating heart and see the hands and fingers, uh, the toes and feet, and, and seeing that movement, uh, they are convinced that that is a child. And 
the research shows that about 86% of mothers who are pregnant see a child change on sonogram, change their mind, and choose life. 86%? Right. That varies, but uh, as much as 86% have changed their minds when they were uh, intending on having an abortion when they had the ultrasound. Brad Mattis is our guest, and if my memory is correct, uh, you and I have discussed in the past that the abortionist always does a sonogram, always does the ultrasound. They don't always show it to the patient, to the mother, and the reason they, sh they do the ultrasound is they want to gauge the size of the preborn because the larger the baby, the more they charge. And when the mama finds out that if she just says, oh, I'm just four weeks, the price is little. But if, but if, she, if the baby is 24, 26, 18 weeks, then the price goes up. And she always wants to have the price go down. So the abortionist, for more money, always does the ultrasound. In uh, wrapping up here, Brad Mattis, what should we do to continue reducing the number of abortions in Texas? Well, I think central to this is to make sure that you vote for pro-life candidates. Without your Governor Abbott there and a pro-life legislature, none of these laws would be passing and being upheld by the courts. Some of them are, are shot down, but it's a, it's a battle of life and death, and we must do everything we can. Already, the legislature has saved a population of a few small Texan towns. Um, by the impact of this legislation. So, of course, first and foremost is pray, pray, and pray, but also pay attention to where the candidates stand, even on the local levels, because these candidates work up the ladder of success, political success, and look how fast Barack Obama went up that ladder. He just skyrocketed president. But pay attention to where your legislators stand. Vote only for for pro-life candidates, because without the right to life, Terry, there are no other rights. Elections matter from the national to the local level. Brad Mattis has been our guest, president of Life Issues and president of International Right to Life Federation. Website is lifeissues.org. Brad, thanks for being with us. Thank you, Terry.